You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to be breaking down the, hopefully, possibly, the future 49ers starting quarterback. Now, he hasn't been deemed that as such yet, but the 49ers picked C.J. Bethard, quarterback out of Iowa, at the very end of the third round. In fact, we traded up for him. It's not like we just picked him. But Kyle Shanahan said, I'm going to sleep a lot better tonight if we can get up there and get him. I'm going to be thinking about him all night if we don't get him. So let's go get him. John Lynch the trading master guy that he's turning out to be, uh, jumped up and picked C.J. Bethard. They got him at pick number 104. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about the trade, a little bit of background, some positive and negatives that I've seen on film, and how he's going to fit in the 49ers franchise and for the future. So appreciate you joining us. And if you've missed out, we've gone through each one of the other draft picks up to this point, Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, and Akilah Witherspoon. And so today it'd be about C.J. Bethard. So let's talk a little bit about the background of this trade. So the 49ers were sitting at the very end of the third round. We're kind of moving into the comp, uh, compensatory picks. And what happened is we jumped up. And we, we didn't have to go that far because we had one of the very first picks, the second pick, in fact, of the day three draft in round four. We were sitting there with pick 109. And again, Kyle Shanahan said, I really want this guy. And he goes on record as saying, in fact, he's the only quarterback that Kyle Shanahan liked in the entire 2017 NFL draft. That's unreal. Whenever you think about three quarterbacks going in the top 12 of the NFL draft and the fact that the only guy that he liked was C.J. Bethard, which he was the sixth quarterback coming off the board at that point, which no draft pundits in the media or anywhere, and a lot of even GMs have said, yeah, we didn't have that guy rated that high. So we're going to break down kind of what it is that Kyle Shanahan liked about him and who this kid is. Obviously, very popular name. Uh, he is the grandson of Bobby Bethard, the longtime NFL GM that was with the Chiefs, uh, the Dolphins, and a couple other teams. 
uh, took part in four different Super Bowls. So big-time NFL name, and a lot of people understand that family, and he's got the connections. And another great thing about it is he's going to know what it takes to be a pro. You know, Being raised in that family, you totally understand what's going on. He, he even has a famous uncle for a recording artist, country uh, recording artist, so that's part of it too. So it doesn't seem like fame or anything like that is going to be too big for him. Now, again, as I mentioned, he was the sixth quarterback taken, which nobody had him up that high. And he's from Iowa, uh, 6'2", 219. He's not really going to blow you away with any of his physical tools, but he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's got a great arm. It's a good arm, good to great arm, but his throwing motion is absolutely beautiful. In fact, Shanahan said this kid was born to throw the football. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but... Shanahan really likes this kid, and so who am I to say no? So he uh, played at Iowa. He's a two-year starter there, and he was actually roommates with the one of the next 49ers picks, George Kittle, tight end out of Iowa. Uh, he's even got some interesting stories about how they really got along for almost everything except for TV choice. Apparently the tight end, Greg uh, Kittle, he, he really liked uh, watching Pokemon, and that just was not something <laughs> that C.J. Bathard was into, and so they kind of got into it over that a couple times. But anyway... There's a little fun information there. So let, let's talk a little bit about the stats, film, breakdown, and the positives. Again, I talked about how Shanahan loves this kid, and a lot of it has to do with coming out of a pro system. There's not going to be a whole lot of brand new way to teach the quarterback position. He's played under center. He's taken that um, really big into play action, which if you watched any of Shanahan's offense, play action is huge for him. And they played a very similar uh, under Kirk Ferentz in Iowa with the uh, offensive coordinator Davis, uh, Greg Davis there, which, you know, there's a lot of a lot of Texas fans, not the biggest fan, but uh, he won national championship there with Vince Young. And after he moved on from Texas, he went up to Iowa and kind of adapted his system to a little bit more of a bigger O-line pro-style system. And C.J. Bethard was a benef- benefactor of that. He really played great for his two years that he was there. He came out with a 20-7 and seven, uh, win-loss record, which if you look at his junior year, I mean, they jumped out to 12-0 and 0 and then ended up losing their last two games, one in the Big Ten Championship to Michigan State and then the Rose Bowl to none other than Stanford. And so we have that Stanford connection all over the place now with um, geographically speaking our GM, our first pick, um, and now our fourth pick. Again, with his pro-style system, you've got to understand that it's an easier jump to the pros because the calls aren't being made by the coaches on the sideline. One of the worst things whenever you watch high school ball, college ball, is when everybody gets up on the line and then everybody stops and looks over the sideline. They hold up their signs with all the pitchers and whatever else, and you got all the offensive coaches making all these silly signals. What that does is it takes the mental game away from the quarterback. And so it's a pre-snap read where he just says, okay, I'm throwing it to the right side on the slant right, on the slant route. And so it takes all the cerebral effects out of the game, but not for this kid. This kid made all the line calls. He, um, he'd he walk up to the line as he was under center. He pointed out the mic, which you always see kind of the Peyton Manning kind of fa- made famous for. 23's mic, 23's mic, or 54's mic, 54's mic. So he's used to analyzing the numbers on each of the right and left side of the line, uh, which helps him also understand coverages because if you can tell that where they're slanting over, you you know where the blitz is going to come from. And if you know where the blitz is going to come from, you're going to understand the coverage and the weak points in that. And So he's already got two full years of doing that. 
And so that's going to make it easy for us because once he steps in, if he steps in, he totally is ahead of the game as it goes for these young kids that come in. Now, that's one big aspect of it. Again, audibles, he was completely in charge of. The coaching staff at Iowa gave him 100% leeway in calling whatever audibles he wanted, whether it was jumping out of a run, switching sides, audibling to a pass, kill, 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 all that kind of stuff. He's done that already. So really the main thing that he's going to be working on with us is a change of terminology and kind of timing and tempo going from Big Ten to the NFL. Now, probably the number one trait mentioned when anybody talks about this kid cj is his all-out toughness it's unreal the amount of hits that he has taken while staying in the pocket he was sacked 58 times in the past two years and he trusts his offensive line he trusts the play now he kind of reminds me of a fish you know it's been said they have like a 10 second memory that's this kid to a t he'll stay in the pocket with it collapsing around him and somebody rips his head off and he barely gets a pass off Pops up, next play, does he get timid? Does he shy back? Absolutely not. The kid just jumps back in there. He has no problem taking hit after hit after hit after hit. He's going to stay in the pocket and make the play. That's just who this kid is. It's funny, as you watch film, you know, the Iowa colors are designed after the Steelers. And the whole time you're sitting there, you're just like, man, this looks like a tiny Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to stay in the pocket no matter what chaos is going on around him. He's going to stay there, and he's going to make the throw. The one weakness that comes from this, we're going to talk a little bit later, is sometimes he doesn't step all the way into his throw when somebody's in front of him, uh, which resulted in some tips and interceptions, but we'll get more into that in a second. Now back to this kid's toughness. He played an entire year through a sports hernia, which is unreal, and I don't know if you've ever had one of those. But it makes it hard to breathe and hard to walk. He kept playing through it. He should have had the surgery, and he eventually did after the season. But he decided he he didn't want to come out for any of the games. So whenever he got the injury, he stayed in the full game. Then he pulled a hamstring in his bowl game. Didn't matter. He didn't come out one play. The coaches were trying to get him out. He's limping around. He's like, no, 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 I'm not coming out of this game. You're going to have to drag this kid out of the game. Didn't miss a game his junior or senior year. Even though he fought through two injuries, the kid is going to play. Now, one awesome thing, again, is being in the quarterback, it's kind of cool because you get a lot more film on them between the plays. It seems like ESPN or whatever, they always want to turn the quarterback into this kind of Hollywood style, whatever. And you'll see him make a bad play. You'll see him get nailed. You'll see him do something like that. And, man, he is so calm. If you just watched a clip of him in between plays, you would have no clue if it was a 60-yard touchdown the play before or a 60-yard pick six, which he didn't have any of those. But uh, let's say he did. He's not the type of guy that's going to like be Jay Cutler on the sidelines or anything like that. He is an absolute leader. And it seems like everybody in for Iowa looked to him as the leader. And Kittle, whenever they were interviewing him, he said, hey, this guy willed us to wins all by himself. And so we're getting that type of leader. It seems like he understands how to be a professional quarterback in the NFL already, just with his attitude and demeanor. And if in the NFL, you're going to have some bad situations take place, whether that's losses, especially coming to San Francisco. We're struggling right now. It's not going to be a problem for him. He's already kind of in that mode to where he seems like he's going to be able to handle the rough times in the NFL, which is huge. Now, one thing whenever he is in the pocket, um, he can move. He's not fast. He's definitely not fast. 
Um, and those injuries actually slowed him down quite a bit. He can move, and he can scoot around, but he keeps his eyes downfield all the time. And so as you see him scramble and kind of sidestep people and run to the side, he is not scrambling for first downs. That's just not really who he is. Uh, you can find a couple of those in his junior season, not too many after his injuries in his senior se- season. But he's scrambling around with his eyes downfield watching for somebody to come open. That's who he is. He has an insane quick throwing motion. So again, he has an insane quick throwing motion. And it's beautiful. I mean, it is straight over the top. It does not go out to the side at all. And it is mechanical to where every single throw he makes is very, very similar arm movement. And it's quick. And because it's so quick, it helps him throw what he sees. And basically what that means is there's anticipation throws, which think about Kirk Cousins. That's something he's really, really good at. He's an anticipation uh, quarterback. And one of the things about C.J. Bethard is he has that to him. But those short to intermediate routes, he can throw what he sees because he gets the ball out so quick. So if there's a little tight seam between the two linebackers or a linebacker and the safety over the middle, especially to his tight end, which with Kittle, hopefully we'll see this a lot more as the 49ers. If he sees him drop a little bit too much, talking about the defender, he can get that ball there quick. He has the anticipation part of his game, but it seems like his bread and butter is that quick decisiveness because the kid's smart. And he can diagnose the defense really, really well already. Again, I talked about his play-action fake. Now let's jump over. Let's talk about some of his negatives. Okay, Again, he is slow. This kid's not mobile. He's not rushing for a bunch of first downs, as I said. Now he can he can scramble, and he's tough enough to fight through tackles, but he, he's not a threat. We're not going to be seeing any defenders spy on CJ. That's not happening. Again, he moves around in the pocket well. But the problem is, a lot of times he doesn't get past his first read. And this is a huge critique coming out of college. Usually the only times that I do see him on film get past his first read is whenever the play breaks down. So you'll see him eyeing his receiver, and then somebody almost sacks him, and he tries to elongate the play. And that's whenever his eyes, you can see his eyes kind of surveying the field. But a lot of times, man, he kind of he picks his first to second read or a combo route, and he sticks with it, which is a huge negative, And that's something that you're going to have to change. Uh, very pedestrian numbers. A lot of this is the offense that he ran, uh, this pro-style run-heavy offense. A lot of times two tight ends and a fullback, and that's just kind of who Iowa was. And so his junior year, he had 17 touchdown passes, and a lot of people were hoping he would make this jump his senior year. Uh, he didn't do that. Again, he matched his junior numbers, another 17 touchdown passes. And in the interview, whenever they were asking him, how do you feel about coming out with these quarterbacks that throw, you know, thousands and thousands of yards and they're throwing 30 touchdown passes so on and so forth how's that make you feel knowing your numbers don't match up to them and i loved his response he's like well i just want to win also it'd be great to throw for you know three to four touchdowns a game but that's just not what we did we wanted to win games and we did win games again he went 20 and 7 won 12 games consecutively his junior year and that's just who he is He's a winner, he's a team-first guy, and he is a leader. He's going to say exactly what you want. It's funny, he, it's almost like he read Bill Belichick's book on press conferences. because He's going he's to give you exactly what you want him to say, but he's not one of those guys that's kind of feeding you what you want to hear. Being raised the way he's been raised and the family he has been in, uh, just with the football background, he gets it. And, I mean, you go to a place like Iowa, he even said, I wanted to go to a pro-style system out of high school. Who says that? Who's willing to sacrifice those numbers right off the bat just so that he can be more prepared for the NFL? This is this is a kid 
that has thought this through because of the pedigree of his family. And, and it's showing, and it's paying benefits now. A couple other things. Again, that one thing that kind of stands out on film and jumps out to me all over, all over the place is that he doesn't transfer his weight on his front foot when he has a contested pocket in the middle. Okay, coming up front. The edge pressure, it's almost like he has blinders on and he doesn't see it. He's going to stand in, which they can tip the ball and all that stuff. And you see that in his film, but that's almost what you want the quarterback to do. You want him to stay in that pocket. But when there's pressure coming up in his, fa- in his face, he'll sit back, and as he's throwing it, he doesn't rock forward with full leverage. And what happens whenever you don't do that, it takes a lot of velocity and throwing speed off of the ball. So if you're throwing those out routes and you don't step in fully, that gives that defensive back, the cornerback, a split second to either get his hand on the ball or intercept it. And unfortunately, this was a recurring problem from year his junior year all the way up to his senior year. And you see it multiple times each game. This is something that he's going to have to work on. Now, the one benefit to his personality is he's as tough as a quarterback as you're ever going to see. So I don't think it's so much he's scared. I don't know. I I can't really say what it is, but it's something that's going to have to be fixed because he's going to be playing against a lot faster corners at the NFL level. And he's going to be making a lot more of those out route throws um, because you just don't see it a lot in college. But you have to do that. You have to stretch out the flats in order to spread out the defense so you can run the ball up the middle. And so he is going to have to change his footwork and be much more disciplined in this area. Now, scheme fit, when they drafted him, you know, they came out and said, you know, C.J. Bethard, he's going to be our third string quarterback. He's going to be behind Brian Hoyer. He's going to be behind Matt Barkley. Uh, we don't know what the plans are. Obviously, whenever you draft a quarterback this high in the third round, you're not drafting a third-string quarterback for the future. That's not what this is. But one thing that it, this does give us is Kyle Shanahan, remember, he stood up on the table and said, I need this guy on my team now. I don't even want to wait the five picks it's going to take to get our guy. I want to get him now. I do not want to wait till day three of the draft to get him on a Saturday morning. I want him now. And so if Kyle Shanahan loves this guy, we have seen what he has done every single place he has been. If you could be successful in Cleveland with Brian Hoyer, who are we to say that C.J. Bathard will not be successful here? Now, hopefully, he sits this year, and he just builds. And ideally, long-term, the perfect spot for C.J. to be would be our long-term backup. Because again, we will address the quarterback position next year guaranteed. Whether that's through Kirk Cousins coming over, which I'm hoping for. But the quarterback class next year is lights out. Obviously, Hill coming out of Wyoming. That's my favorite. Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. You've got uh, Rosen right down the street at UCLA. You've got, oh my gosh, the awesome USC quarterback, Denard. There are so many guys that are going to fit this system And again, it seems like almost everybody that Kyle Shanahan likes at quarterback has played this pro-style system. We've got a couple options with that, and we'll be breaking that down in a future podcast. But right now, I want to say the future is bright for San Francisco. We got better with this pick because it gives Kyle Shanahan that project to work with. And hopefully, as I said while ago, he does not play this year. He sits behind. He learns. Is he going to be a franchise quarterback one day? I don't believe so. I don't think a lot of people would say that he is. But if he is that career backup, again, think about what he did whenever he he was in uh, Washington, and they got RG3, they traded up all that capital, and then they picked 
Sure enough, Kirk Cousins, later on in the draft, and we saw what happened. You give a guy a project to Kyle Shanahan, he is going to make them a successful successful quarterback. So hopefully we'll see that here. Really appreciate the time. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Always follow me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Any questions you have for the podcast or anything you want to be talked about or answered, put questions up on there. I'll answer all of them. Uh, Look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks a lot. And uh, keep listening to the 49ers Rush Podcast. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.